Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Oh, hallelujah. So Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verse 19 to 22, and then we're going to go to chapter 4 and read a few verses there. So Ephesians chapter 2, when you get there, say, I have it. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, now therefore, now therefore, now when you see the word therefore, you got to know why is therefore, right? And therefore, usually it's going to pertain to something before that you've already read about. So therefore, because therefore Christ is our peace, because by grace, through faith, we understand him. Therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That word household is family. That's why I call you my family. Having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Built on what? The foundation. Now, is the foundation on top of the bottom? The All right. I never see the foundation on top of a house. <laughs> so the foundation is always on where? The bottom. The bottom. So apostles and prophets are where? On the bottom. So we're not a pyramid. So apostles and prophets are not at the top of the pyramid trying to pull you to glory. We're on the bottom of you pushing you to glory. Hello, somebody. So that's a different approach. I ain't trying to pull you up nowhere. I'm trying to push you somewhere. Also, the foundation is what you walk on. Yeah, but we're anointed for that. Because, see, bridges only work when you cross them. Right. You got to walk across a bridge. You got to put your foot on them. So if I got to be that bridge for you to get to your next destination, then so be it. Right. right. Why? Because I'm the foundation. And if I can't handle that, if I don't have a burden for that, then I'm not an apostle. That's right. And I should never lash out because you do. Why? Because I understand my from a positional perspective, I am the bottom. That's right. I'm a worm and no man. That's, right. That's what Jesus said on the cross. He said, I am a worm and no man. See, worms don't bite. You step on them, you don't even know it. They don't cuss you out. As soon as you move your foot, what do they do? They go right back and cultivate the earth. We're supposed to be cultivating the earth. Come on, somebody. Right? So people are going to bite on you. They're going to lash out. Don't lash back. Just let them. See, the mere reason that they're coming after you is because you're doing something greater than them. See, listen, if you weren't doing something, then they wouldn't be talking about it. So why do I want to wait? I'm not going to waste my time on people who want to talk bad about me because I'm too busy doing good for God. And so, so this is me. Oh, you think, you think that's something? Watch the next thing I do. I'm going to give you something else to talk about. So while you're talking about me, I'm going to be talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all warming up a little bit. I think some of y'all still cold. Got to warm your engines up. Apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief. Who's the chief? Jesus. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Can't no man be the chief. There ain't no chief nothing. There ain't no chief. There's only one chief. That's Jesus. No chief bishops. Nope. Jesus is the chief. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple. In the Lord, a holy temple. See, a holy temple. Somebody say a holy temple. temple. No foolishness. A holy temple. God is coming back for one kind of church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she shall be holy. God don't care about how big the church is, how many stained glass windows you got, or how many people come on the weekend. If it's not holy, it's not God. 
Hello, somebody. So now you're saying, well, what's holiness? You separated and set apart. You don't act like the world, talk like the world. You don't take the world's dainties. You know what that is? Uh-huh. What they, 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 they try to lure you in. And you say, well, I ain't hurting nobody. Yeah, but you're hurting the Holy Ghost on the inside. Because if your insides are not good, then your mouth is not going to be good. All right. I, I didn't get a good response, so I'm going to keep on going. Let me read a little bit more. In whom you, somebody say you, you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. God is trying to build us, guys. That's why this is called rise up and build. He's trying to build you. Why would God build a big building for us and you're not built? I ain't interested in building some big building unless the people are ready. Right? Especially, I'm definitely not going to build a building that's empty. There's something going to be going on every night. If I'm going to build it, something's going to be going on in the community. We're going to have basketball, football, something. I, need a, I want a baseball. I want a baseball field, soccer field. I want it all out there. Why should secular people get that money when they can bring it to the church? You know how much they pay for these baseball fields, these soccer fields? Come on. It's a lot. I want to have a gym. You know, the biggest extortion is... Cheerleading. <laughs> These folks are being extorted, man. I need a cheerleading gym. Amen. 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 Well, well, we can have our praise team and the flag team, man, practice it in there. Because y'all know when I build this church now, it's going to have a huge altar. Amen. Amen. Right? Because we got to make some altar calls because folks need some prayer. Yeah. Glory to God. So, I mean, when we have a service like that in here, man, everybody's on the chairs and stuff. So we need a big altar. Amen. Amen. We need the flag team and doing worship up there with their flags, doing worship. Man, we do that now. We're going to knock somebody in the head. So we need more space. Amen. And so we need space to give God glory. Not to say we built something and now, you know, I just go to church over there. Well, brother, you coming for the wrong reason. It's not enough, guys. We, we got to be better than that, right? And so God is going to do this thing. I already sense it. He's going to do it. He's already spoken. Amen? Go to Ephesians 4 real quick. We're going to talk about a couple of things here. Ephesians 4, therefore, you see that word again? I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beseech you uh, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another, that's, that's all of that, you can sum all of that up in humility. First, we got to be humble. Amen? I said we got to be humble. Amen. No matter how much God blesses you, no matter how much revelation you get from him, you have to remain humble. And if you remain humble, he'll give you more. But if you, you get all puffed up and you start passing yourself off like you all that, that, that only God can give you a revelation, you're messing yourself up and God is going to pull back on you and you're going to be sitting on the shelf waiting for God to do something and God is going to pass you by. So you got to be humble, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. This is why we need to be humble, so that we can keep unity in the house of God. There is one body, mm-hmm. there is one spirit, just as you were called in the one hope, that's heaven, and one Lord, we know who that is, Jesus Christ, one faith, that's the gospel, one baptism into the body of Christ, one God, and that's the Father, who is above all and through all and in you all. 
Man, that's some good stuff right there. I can't go there. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the, the metron, according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, check this out, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to who? Men. To men. He gave gifts to men. Jesus did this. Now, this he ascended. What does it mean? But he also descended. We know before Jesus ascended to the heavens, he descended down because he got the keys. When you go to uh, Revelations, you see that I got the keys of death and Hades. Well, when did he get the keys? Because he descended first, got the keys of death and hell. Then he came up, and the, Bi the Bible says in the book of Luke, many of the bodies of the saints were seen in a holy city on the day of resurrection. And then Jesus ascended up to, the, to glory with the keys. That's why he said, I got the keys of death and hell. Therefore, you're going to die, but you're going to live again. Amen. Why? Because Jesus got the keys. Amen. So because he has the keys, you don't have to go to hell. Amen. Keys give you access. Keys can lock things up or open things up. If Jesus got the keys, then you got to go to Jesus. If you don't go to Jesus, he can't unlock and he can't open and he can't close for you. Y'all kind of quiet at Presbyterian Church this morning, but that's okay. Verse 10, he also descended, is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all in all. Why? And he himself gave some to be what? Some what? Some what? Some what? And teachers. For what? Uh-huh. Yes. Until? Uh-huh. To be a what? A to the measure? And the of the we haven't gotten there yet. So if we have not gotten there yet, then these five ministry gifts are vitally important to the house today. This is why I have spent so much time so that you can have an understanding of what these are because we are a five-fold ministry. But a lot of times when you go different places, you don't have a full understanding of what that means. This is why I'm taking this time to do this. It may not make sense to you right now, but overall, you need to understand the vision of this house. Amen? Because some of you might, be, um, might have that five-fold ministry gift, but you may not know how to operate in it. And that's what I'm here for. Amen, somebody. So the apostle gift is a governing gift, a revelatory gift. It's a governing gift because we, we set things in order. We put things in order. Also, as an apostle, we always have a plurality of eldership. There's more than one elder in the house. I'm an elder. She's an elder. Uh, there's elder Antonio over there. We got another elder, Tim. He's a little sick this morning, so y'all pray for his, his belly. And so, so he's an elder. And then, you know, Erica preaches, and we got Diane. And so, listen, all of us lead the ministry. Therefore, when I'm out, one of them, see, we got a bench. You got a deep bench. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you know, you got a bench. You know, when you got a basketball team, not everybody can go out and play. You only have five, right? But you need a bench because you need to rest your players sometimes, and sometimes they start messing up. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's why we have a bench. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying if I'm out or one of them out or two of them out, we always have preachers in this house. See, I don't have to go outside of this church to find preachers. That's one of the problems and the fundamental problems of a lot of places is the pastor feel like he can't even leave his pulpit because he don't have anybody that can preach for him. Well, you probably got 10 folks right there on the front row. But if you don't take the time to cultivate them, train them, teach them, show them, and then give them a platform, 
then you won't even know what you got in the house. Am I talking to the right church? Okay, so that's why we have a plurality of eldership, and that's what the apostle gift does. So let me just share this with you here. By this, when I talk about apostle gift as a foundational gift, by this I mean revelation primary has to do with the unveiling, uncovering, and unfolding of, and the pulling back of the curtain of the person of Jesus Christ and all the Father has purposed in him. That's a lot of words. That means my job is to show you Jesus. That's my job. I can't do that if I'm not living right. Amen. I can't do that if, if I, I'm clicking on wrong things on, right. on my phone. That's right. I can't do that if I don't treat my wife right, right. and my baby's right. Amen? Right? Eventually, you're going to see that. Because what you do in the dark, it's going to come out in the light. If you have a discerning spirit, you can discern a smile is, is something going on behind that smile. Uh-huh. Come on. You can, you can discern that back rub. That ain't really no back rub. That's saying, I'm going to tear you up when I get home. I'm, yeah. you know, We're going to finish this argument when we get to the house. I'm rubbing on your back now to show the saints we in unity. But boy, when we get home, we're going to have some intense moments of fellowship. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm talking in truth now. Yeah. That's a reality. Yep. Amen. Right? So, if I, see, you're supposed to be looking at Elaine's face and know I'm taking care of home. Because I feel like the true essence of a man and the worth of a man can be found in the countenance of his wife's face. You can look in her face and know I'm taking care of my house. Amen. See that? See that face right there? You see that? I ain't playing about it. She knows I'm taking care of business. I'm working overtime. Amen. Why? Because, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but knowing that about us should bring you comfort. Because we're not faking in front of you. As a matter of fact, we had a great relationship before every one of y'all came to this church. So we're just going to maintain that relationship even if you get up and leave. So our relationship is not contingent on you coming to church because she's my first church. You're not. And if I can't take care of this church, then how can I take care of the church of the living God? If I don't treat her right, then how am I going to treat you right? Christ loved the church, right? And we should love our wives as Christ loves the church. As means to the same degree. So if I can't love her like that, then you don't have a good pastor in me. Amen. Amen. All right, I just want to clear that thing up. So let me just show you what this means. The apostle is the governing gift. The prophet, we're getting ready to talk a little bit more about the prophet, is the guiding gift. Evangelist, that's the gathering. They can gather some folks. The evangelist, they eat, sleep, drink. Diane, I'm telling you, you she, she's all about gathering. She's going in the community. She's going to go to Tent City. I don't know if you guys know what Tent City is in L.A., Tent City is one of the most vile places you want to go to right now. It's, it's stinky. It's poop everywhere. It's nasty in Tent City. Garbage. You got you. Everything is going on, but they still need Jesus. Right? That's why she made, you might have missed it. She made the comment, you need to be a soldier. You can't be no punk and go to Tent City because you're going to get cussed out. And if you're a little old weak Christian, you better not try it. Just stay at the house. 
Right? You're going to have, you, you're going to, have to be strong. You're going to have to be strong to go into any community that's under-resourced. See, I grew up in that kind of community, so I'm comfortable with it, right? And so, so but you're going to have to have a strong heart because you're going to hear some stuff in your face. Slamming doors, they're going to cuss you out. Give me that turkey, and then they're going to cuss you out as they're grabbing the turkey. But man, it happens, I'm just saying. And you just, you just Lord, bless this house and keep on rolling. The shepherding gift, that's the guarding gift, because the shepherd is a guarding. They, they guard you, man. They protect you. They just love on you. I, I, I like that gift because I like to be liked. But that's the shepherd. He, he's a shepherd. He just, he just loves on you, right? I'm an apostle. I'm not a shepherd. You need to understand that, guys, because sometimes when you want me to just come and love on you, I ain't going to do it. But you need to understand, that's just, I'm not a shepherd. I'm an apostle. If you don't understand that call, then you might get offended. I'm here to build you up. Sometimes I got to thank you to build you. <laughs> Amen. I had to say that lightly because folks said, I can't believe the pastor said spanking. Aww. And the baby's crying because I said the word <laughs> spanking. See, that's a bad word, spanking. I should have used the word discipline and not the other word. Amen. That's a trigger word. And then the teacher is the grounding gift because the teacher keeps you grounded. Amen? You, you see how that works, guys? So, but you need to understand that I am not a prophet. I can prophesy, but I don't operate in the office of a prophet. Now, Diane, she's an evangelist. She eat, drink, sleep. If you talk to Diane for two minutes, she's talking about the community. And if you ain't talking about the community, she really don't have a whole lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you got to know her. Her wiring is she's an evangelist. She can't get away from it. Like, I, I had no idea what this was until I learned about it. So now I understand my wiring. I want leaders in the house of God. I want you to, be, to have a platform to preach. I want your gifts to be exposed to the community so you can bless other people. And as an apostle, I ain't jealous of none of y'all. Yep. I got my own gift. Yep. I want you to excel in your giftings. Amen. 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 I'm not going to put my thumb on you. Right. You say you got a word to preach, you better be ready. Because you're going to be up here. Yep. That's true. So come trembling, right, Erica? Yep. Yep. I think I'm called, but I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And she can, she can preach well, can't she? Amen. And so it's important that we know these things because if you don't understand this, you may not understand this church. We're grounded by the fivefold ministry. Now, that's not all of the ministry, but you need to understand our church is driven by these five gifts. Amen. And it's important that you know them. Okay. That's all this is. Amos says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So I want to get into the prophet for a little bit so you can understand. Now, there's a difference between all can prophesy and call to the office of a prophet. Let me say that one more time. Everybody in here can prophesy because you're saved. You got the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians 14, three. And I'm going I'm, I'm to just step you guys through this. Okay. Because it's important that we see this. So, he who prophesies speaks edification. This is why I said we build each other up. Right? That's what we do. 
We edify each other. Exhortation, spiritual progress and encouragement and comfort. The all can prophesy. All of us can do that. You, as a person that's, that's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't come in here to correct nobody. That's my job. Hello. I don't care if the Lord did give you a word to correct somebody. You better bring it to me first because that word might be for you. Right? The Bible says we prophesy to edify and build each other up unless you call to the office of a prophet and then you have to be submitted to a local church. Right? But we all, I want all of you prophesying. I want you to get words for each other. I want you to build each other. Every Sunday, you should have a word for somebody in this church. Why? Because you should already be praying for everybody here. Don't be scared. Just give it. You don't have to go, God told me to tell you. You don't have to do all that nonsense. That's foolishness. Just say, listen, I've been praying for you this week, and I just want to encourage you. God has got it. Well, I don't know what it is, but God's got it. Boom, you just gave them a word, and you're going on about your business. And you don't really know what you just did. You just edified them because they were saying, man, I'm, I'm really been struggling. And then somebody, I don't know who says, God has got it. You go, man, thank you, Lord. I really needed to hear that today. See, it, don't think that because it's a small one sentence that it's not God. You don't have to have some drawn out, thus said God. God said in three days. You don't have to do none of that mess. That's foolishness, guys. It might just be one word. Go. Peter got off the boat off of one word. He said, God, if it's you, Jesus, Jesus said, come. And P Peter stepped up. The, that's water. And he walked on water. Jesus and Peter, only two people walked on water. He did walk for a little bit. And then, you know, he, <laughs> that brother, you know, he took his eyes off of Jesus. Right? And so, so this is what we do. Everybody got that? I want everybody in here to have a word for somebody every Sunday. Amen? Amen. Pray for this. If you pray for this church like, like you should be praying, you should be getting words for people. Amen? Now, my, all, all our leaders know this. I, I challenge them. Every time I meet with them, I say, you should have a word for the people. Don't I do that? You should have a word every Sunday for somebody. Every Sunday. So I challenge them. So I'm challenging you now. Since I call all of you guys leaders, oh, that's a different level now. Amen. I, I, I so appreciate you allowing me to call you leaders. This is awesome. It's awesome. Why? Because that's what you are. You're, if you're an heir with God and a and joint heir with Jesus, I think you're a leader. Amen. And listen, you don't need a title to be a leader. Because the title don't make you, you make the title. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Look at this, look at this, 1431. For you all can what? Prophesy. For you all can what? Prophesy. For you all can what? Prophesy. Somebody say he's talking about me. Mm -hmm. We all can prophesy because most of you already do it. You get a sense in your shana now, there's something going on. You go, boy, I got to tell you something, <laughs> right? Some of you, you, you shake, right, Kathy? Right? Erica, you shake. Some of you... It's like a, a, a heat that comes, yeah. right, right, Ruth? It's like this heat that comes upon you, and you know, ooh, I got, ooh, Lord, I got, ooh, Jesus. I got to share something with you, right? And, and, and you just share it, right? In humility, you go, listen, listen, I sense to tell you this, right? But check me on it, right? Blah, blah, blah. 
Does that, does that bear witness with you? If they say no, this is what you do. Man, I missed it. I'm sorry. I missed that. I missed it. I apologize. I'm going to pray about that a little bit more. Then you do. You go pray about it. But most of the time, if you feel it, you sense it, it's going to bear witness. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost wouldn't have given you that to give to somebody else. Amen? Now, listen, this is what happens to me sometimes. I have given a word to some people, and they say it didn't bear witness. And I go, oh, my God, I missed that then. Please forgive me. I'll go pray about that a little bit more. And they'll come back to me later that day and say, Pastor, you know, you were right. I thought about that thing, and I was like, dang, that's what he's talking about. So that was, that was something that I needed, right? But you don't get all out of sorts because you're human and you can miss it. I can miss it. We all can miss it, but we all can prophesy. So I want to encourage you to do this. God, this, this right here, too, is what's killing us as a church because we're not connected. See, you, when you prophesy to somebody, you connect with that person. You just got connected by my spirit bearing witness with your spirit. So now we got a connection now. Right? But you're not drawing people to you. You're drawing people to the God that's in you. Christ in you. Hope of glory. Amen. Is this making sense at all? Yes. Right? So we got to have this going on in the house of God. Listen, I don't care. You say, well, pastor, I don't read my Bible enough. And, oh, I, I'm having been. Stop all that foolishness. Yes. Are you saved? You got the Holy Ghost? Then God can use you to prophesy. Don't let the enemy prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen? So now, all can prophesy. That's everybody in the house, right? So look at this. Ephesians 3, 5 says, Which in other generations was not made known unto the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, which lets you know right there that this is, this is important. That word Holy. If the apostles and prophets don't walk in holiness, then they're false. Period. The word says he reveals it by his spirit to his, his, not man called, not because you went on the Internet and downloaded some license, but it's his holy apostles and prophets. Those people understand that you belong to God. You are not my people, and this is not my church. I'm just a foundation. Making sense? Yep. All right. So now, let me do this. I don't want to do that one. That's too long. Okay, so let me talk about the burden of the fivefold. A prophet's burden comes from seeing God's heart for people. They will constantly minister and declare a holy relationship with God by worship, word, walk, and talk. So as a true prophet found in Ephesians chapter 4, the office of a prophet, that person, all they want to do is make sure that you learn how to hear from God. There, there are some prophets I'm going to bring in here next year. We're already talking. I've been vetting them out for about a year and a half now uh, as a prophet team, actually. I love, I love the fact that prophets work in teams because I love teams. That's why it's always apostle and prophet. We have to work in teams. Now, we don't have a fivefold prophet in this church. But I do have fivefold prophets that are my friends that I'm in relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I'll bring them in like Michael Cotton. I'll bring them in like uh, 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 Jacqueline and Thornton. I'll bring them in. Or like my mentor, Greg Gober. Those people operate in the office of a prophet. 
We don't have that in this church right now. Right? But you all can prophesy. Just like I can prophesy to you. Right? So, so, so what I want to tell you is that when we talk about um, uh, prophesying in the office of a prophet, all they want to do is edify and build you up too. But they will also give you some warnings. Right? They won't necessarily come in and rebuke you. Right? But they will give you some warnings about and some clarity about where you're going. Amen. That's the office of a prophet. But they're also, they should be submitted to a local church because they should be submitted to local eldership. So if somebody comes in, like we've had so many to come in this church to say, well, uh, the Lord sent me here to correct this church. And, um, and they don't realize that they just came into a church that, that actually has an apostle-led church. I'm not a shepherd. A shepherd would probably let some of that shenanigans go. But as an apostle, I'm going to rebuke you. Because don't, God don't send anybody like that into a local church to correct the church. God can do that himself. Right? Plus, I want to know who is, what's your church home? Who's your pastor? How long you been there? Do you even know the difference between all can prophesy and office of a prophet? Explain it. Where is it, where is it in Scripture? Where'd your training come from? Who was the first prophet? You can't answer those basic questions, then, yeah, you're getting a rebuke from me. And, and you're going to sit down. Right? Because if you call to the office of a prophet, you humble. Then I just read that, that humility was the first thing that you need. That's with every gift. If you're not humble and you say, well, shoot, I, I'm, I'm leaving here. Well, then you need to go because I can't help you if you're already so prideful that you can't get taught anything, right? So if, if, if somebody comes in and say, well, pastor, um, I, I'm just not getting anything else from the church. I'm like this. See you. Because I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm studying. I'm in the word. But if the word that I'm studying and the word that I'm teaching, if that's not enough for you, then you got to go somewhere else and get it. All I have is 100% and I'm giving it. If you need one-on-one, I don't have it. You see how quiet it is? Yeah, I know, I know. Maybe I need to get into that shepherd mode and be loving. Oh, okay, okay. Be, be me? All right, okay. I'm just like, I like to be liked. I do. I mean, I, I like when people pat me on the back. I, I mean, I mean, you know, and so but but let me just let me just confirm this. Acts 15, 32 and Judas and Silas, who were called to be in the office of a prophet. See, uh, well, see, you see, I'm not lying. <laughs> Being prophets <laughs> also themse- themselves exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. So what is that all about? That's what they do. When you bring them in, man, there is something should be confirmed inside of you, something that the Lord has already spoken to you about. You're supposed to start a business. You hear a word, and you go, man, that's my word right there. Just confirm it, man. I've been going back and forth about this thing, but I know that was the Lord, so i got to start this thing. That, that's what happens. And they may have not been talking to you directly. They probably were prophesying to somebody else, but it was in the air, so you grabbed it. You say, oh, no, that ain't just for that. Oh, that's my word right there. And you got to do that. When a prophecy goes forth, I sit back and go, oh, yeah, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. If they don't want it, Lord, I got it. I got it. It's mine. They, they don't have to operate in it, but I got that. That's mine right there. 
I've been waiting for that word right there. Amen? Amen. See, that's what happens, guys. That's why I love to see prophecies over somebody else. Because I'm listening. I'm like, let me see what the Lord is. Shoot, I don't even think they want that right there. I want that. That's for myself. Amen? This is how I am, boy. I'm, 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 I'm listening. Right? If I, if I go to my spiritual dad's church, man, and they prophesied over him and his wife's life, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that's mine, too. Oh, yeah, you can pass that one on over to me. Amen? Because I don't want my spiritual pops operating in anything that I'm not operating in. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, 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 oh, I'm, I'm crazy about that, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, I heard, I heard that prophet say that about you, Reggie. You know that's mine, too, right? I let him know I stole it. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't ashamed. I'm saying, listen, you know, you know that's mine, too. You know that's for, for, for C3, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to open up a school, right? Yep. Why? Because he had a prophecy to open up a school. That's on me, too. We're going to open up a school, too. That's mine. That's mine. Thank you, Lord. I'll take that one for 500. Yep. Yep, it's mine. Amen? Amen. Listen, listen. If I prophesy with somebody in here, you better be listening. Don't be sitting back talking about, I can't believe he didn't come to me yeah, to prophesy. Right, right. See, that's, that's, see, that's why you can't get a prophecy, yeah. right? Because you're sitting back, why? Well, the prophet skipped over me and went to everybody else. Why didn't he give me a word? Well, he can't give you a word because you ain't ready for it. Woo. What you should be doing is listening yeah. to see, okay, okay, boy, that joker getting ready to prophesy. What are you getting ready to say? Is that mine? Is that my word? Is that my word, Lord? Is that my word? Is that my word? Is that my word? Amen. See, I'm trying to train you up, guys. This will get rid of a lot of the jealousy and foolishness that's in the house of God. Because I was the main one. I would sit there. I know I needed to hear something from the Lord. Somebody right here get a prophecy. Somebody right there get a prophecy. Brother, didn't even look at me. And I'm sitting here like, bro, you really? And I go home mad and vexed. I'm telling you what I mean. I have lived this. I'm like, man, I can't believe. And what I should have been doing is listening to what the prophet gave, but I couldn't listen. I'm all in my flesh. And probably both words were mine. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting a little excited. I'm sorry. So, so, so what they do is when that word confirm, that word confirm means to establish and to strengthen us. And this is why it is so important. Now, I want to transition and talk less about the prophet and what the prophet does. And I want to talk about what the prophet is. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in what the prophet does, but we don't understand who the prophet is. Right? So let's talk a little bit about who the prophet is. Being prophetic. Listen to me very carefully when I say this. Being prophetic does not entitle anyone to refuse to be accountable to leadership in a local church. Right. I'm going to say that one more time because we might have some, some prophets listening on Facebook. Being prophetic does not entitle any of you to not be accountable to the local church. Right. Yep. I think it's important that you know that. So there are three things we need to observe in mature prophets. Somebody say mature. mature. I ain't talking about no babies. I'm talking about these are three things we need. C3, I can't, I can't teach any other church. It's this church. C3, here are three things. Are you ready? Yes, the first thing is character. 
Now, character is summed up in three things. Integrity, humility, and teachability. Character. Somebody say character. Character. Character means that you can sense that there is they, that there's something prophetic about that person. You can know. Even if somebody comes up here to preach, you can sense, oh, that joke is a prophet. Oh, yeah, he on prophesy today. Right? You know it. You, it's something that you sense. But his character or her character is what's going to draw you to them. Character. Integrity. Integrity is... They take responsibility for what's done, putting an end to self-defensiveness and resolve with quick repentance. That's character. And humility is you're broken of God, which is the key to character. So when you are humble, you're not trying to be right. You just want to stay broken. Because if you can stay broken, you can be teachable. And if any prophet claims to be all-knowing and you can't teach them, they have no character. Therefore, they're not mature. So if I say, no, I don't know you like that. I don't have a relationship with you, so I can't allow you to prophesy to this church until I vet you out. If they tuck and run, if they get upset, and they're not teachable, then they're not mature. Right? Because I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, listen, I'm here to protect you. you. And I'll do that at all costs. Mm -hmm. I'll do that at all costs, guys. Because I'm not a shepherd. I'm an apostle. Right? Right? And it's my job to make sure and to maintain the purity and the holiness of God's house. And I can't do that if I don't confront the wolves that come in and try to hurt you. Amen? Amen. So they got to have character. So let me give you the next one. This is good. Credibility. This is why I vet your behind out. Don't just tell me God brought you. I don't know you, bro. (laughs) You could have just been down the street tearing up a church, and then you coming in here think you can do the same thing because you got a word from God. Uh No, you didn't. No, I got a word for you, though. (laughs) Sit down. Close your mouth. Let's see if you can learn something. First of all, I want to see if I don't let you prophesy, will you still be loving? Are you still hateful? What happens at the end of service? Do you tuck and run or do you you hang around and get to know the people? See, that's what I look for. Because you truly are not called to the body if you don't want to be with the body. Don't tell me all this nonsense. Oh, I, I had something to do. Okay, well, you go do that. You, you go get it done. But I watch. I'm always watching for the next leaders. I'm always. Apostles are always watching for the next leaders. Always. And if you can hang around with the body, I ain't going to even look at you to be leaders. You, you, you can forget about it because you really don't love the body. You love what you're getting from the church. (laughs) Credibility. They must be genuine. They must prove the gift. Don't just say you're a prophet. Oh, you better prove that because if you prophesy something, that that thing better come come to pass. Right? They must be able to not just say, I had some dreams, 
But are you dreaming currently? Oh, I had a dream. When? Oh, it was 20 years ago. Bruh! <laughs> Credibility gets people to listen. Right? Come on, Saints, you're right. See, I don't even, it's not even, you don't even listen to anybody credible in the world. If, if, if you, let's just say you're going to invest some money. And the person you call, they keep putting you on hold. They have an appointment with you, but you show up, they're not there. To me, listen, it don't take but one. I ain't, I ain't talking to you because you're not even credible. Right? Or you come to the church, church doors are closed because the pastors and the leaders aren't there to open the door. Or the pastor come in late. Y'all waiting on him. You got to do another worship song because that joke is not at church. But that won't be credible. Right? Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting ready to flip it. Yeah, y'all, y'all, uh-uh, no, no, no. Y'all grown up in here. Oh, the pastor is here, but you're not. Credibility. Amen. See, I, listen, I, I just have that expectation that you're going to be at church. You know what I would love? Hmm. I, I was sharing this with my baby. I said, baby, it would be great if all of our partners would actually show up for church at least once. It hasn't happened. That would be a beautiful thing for me. That would be a great birthday gift for December 24th. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just saying, don't worry about buying me anything for my birthday. I would love it if every partner actually showed up on the same Sunday. That would be the most precious gift to me. It has never happened. It has never happened. But it would be wonderful if that can happen. Somebody say credibility. credibility. How many of you, no, I'm not going to ask that. Okay, how many of you, in your knowing of knowing, now I ain't talking about, you know, don't talk yourself out of this. <laughs> how many of you know God has called you to do greater by show of hands? Okay, okay, put them down. How many of you feel that you may be called to leadership by show of hands? Okay, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because you are. Everybody in the room. You call to be a leader. If I'm not here, one of y'all should be ready to preach. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the Bible said, be ready in season and out of season. It didn't say apostle be ready. No. It didn't say bishop be ready. No, it, didn't. it didn't say elder be ready. It didn't say prophet be ready. No. It didn't say evangelist be ready. Mm -hmm. It didn't say teacher be ready. It said be ready. That yeah. means he's talking about you. Everybody. 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 You know, church, really? 
wasn't what this what I'm doing right now. Church really was somebody would come in and they would have a word. Or somebody would have a song. That, that's, what, that's the biblical understanding of church. It wasn't what you see here. We're just so used to this. This is why I always say, who got a word for the church? Right? That, that's what the, the, y'all do realize that, right? So there's coming some Sundays. This is a prophecy that I know is going to come to pass. There are coming some Sundays where there's not going to be any praise and worship. We're going to come up in here and we're going to say, who has a song? Who has a word today? (laughs) You see how nervous they got? You see how nervous they got, Antonio? Boy, everybody, sha-na-na, just went, Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's not me. That's not my, no, that's not my word, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to push that over there. I'm going to push it over there to kill. <laughs> Amen, right? Because that, I mean, that, that was church, guys. Amen. And so credibility, without credibility, it doesn't matter how powerful the word is, people will not listen. And then what happens is backfires on the prophet because then they feel rejected. Amen? Okay. Why is this important? If credibility gets people to listen, character gets people to believe. If credit, why is this important? If credibility gets people to listen, character gets people to believe. But it still doesn't necessarily get people to take action. That's why you need the next one, favor. Right? The Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with men and God. In the Old Testament, the Bible said that Samuel grew in favor. Samuel was a prophet of God. It can't be manufactured, and you can't make it happen by your own will. Favor comes because of God and because you decided to spend time with the people of God to get to know the burdens of the people. But if you are all that and because you're special, you special. Here, here, here it is. Here it is. You special because God has given you a great revelation that he's not giving to other people. So therefore, you can't touch me. You can't talk to me because I'm special. You better sit down. You better sit down somewhere. You ain't that special. You ain't that special. See, Elijah tried that with God, and God said, Boy, shut up. I got 7,000 that haven't bent the knee by all. You think you're the only one? I got 7,000 more just like you. So while you tripping and in your cave of depression. Okay, all right. I'm not going to go there. Is this making sense? Right? Confronting and shepherding revelatory people when necessary will produce healthy prophetic people. I have to confront prophetic people so that they can become healthy. If you don't have favor, people will not even remember what you said. Okay. Mm. 
I got three more things and I'm done. Y'all ready for these last three? Y'all yes. sure you want these? Yes, okay, then I'll be done. Y'all want these three? Because I was going to stop. Yes, okay, let me give you these three. Th this is important. Some caution flags when pastoring prophetic people. These are, these are some caution flags right here. Oh, boy. I hope y'all ready for this. Spiritual exclusivity. Spiritual exclusivity. This can be challenging when the person is a recluse or compares him or herself to an Old Testament prophet. I've run into that, too. I get some people coming here talking about, I'm just like Jeremiah. No, you're not. You ain't even close. No, bro, you, you just want a form of exclusivity. See, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That word says, do you not know that you are the temple? That you is plural. So when it says that people say, I am the temple, no, you're not. We are the temple. The you is plural. The you is talking about the body. So if you are supposed to be a part of the body, there's no exclusivity. So it's not like God is going to pluck you out of the body and put you over here and you special. You know what just happened? You just departed from the body. And if you depart from the body and the body has the head, then who's your head? It can't be Jesus because you're not a part of the body. Is this making sense at all? Okay, y'all ready for this next one? Okay, y'all looking at me kind of strange. Okay, look at this one. Spiritual know-it-alls. Prophetic people have a tendency to be spiritual know-it-alls, controlled by emotions, and refuse to allow themselves to be pastored. The root of it is pride. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud but gives favor or grace to the humble. Did y'all see that? Yep. So, immature prophets can think that God has given them some kind of illumination, revelation, or special light that somehow supersedes the authority of the elders in the church. This is a fallacy. This is why it is vitally important that we have an apostle-led church. Because we bring correction to this. You can't tell me that God called you in here to prophesy and you don't take the time to get to know the body. You've been here for two days and now all of a sudden you know this church. Two days. You've been here. You, you, you visited twice. Now I know what the Lord says for me to do. No, you don't know nothing. <laughs> right? You, you seeing this with me, guys? So it's important that you know this because, again, you may be called to the office of a prophet, and that's great. I need you, but you may not be, and you need to know that too. Yeah. Now, there might be somebody that come in here that you don't know, and all of a sudden they're trying to give you a bunch of pro prophetic words. You bring that person to me, especially when you know everybody in here. There's somebody new coming in, and they're always in your face, yow yowing about what God said. You say, hold on for one second. Let me take you to my pastor. I want, I want you to say this in front of him. Well, um, I'll come back. I'll come back a little bit later. 
then next time when they come your way, you go, no, boo. Go on with that. You put your hand up and say, you better go on with that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? Why? Because you don't want to get those words in you. And you might be trying to follow a word that's not even from God. Does that make sense, guys? Are you here with me? Okay. So uh, here's the last one. Spiritual reclusiveness. Avoiding the company of the people. A solitary. I, I love this one right here. I just, I can't be around the people of God. I just got to go be alone. Well, you stay alone. <laughs> because there's nothing in the scriptures that says that you can somehow perform and do your duties for the body outside of the body. You got to be a part of the body of Christ, guys. God is not just, you, you ain't special. The moment you start tripping, God will step right over you and say, here, you listen, you go, because they wouldn't do it. Moses died. People crying. God said, why y'all crying? Joshua, go. If you won't do it, God will find somebody else to do it. Amen? Amen. So listen, I'm just, I'm just thankful I'm in the number. <laughs> and if you're just grateful that you're in the number, God will continue to use you because you'll stay humble. Amen? Amen? So this spiritual reclusiveness, man, that, that's a big one right there because, here we go. <laughs> Look at this. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls. This is in the word in Hebrews 13, 17. If you are part of the body, this, somebody say he's talking about me. This is a part of the body, constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account. I got to render an account for your souls, guys. This is why I don't play with you. I'm not, I'm not going to go to heaven and then I got I to gotta answer something to God and God says, well, why were you too soft? You knew to tell them the truth. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to say, Lord, I told them everything you told me to tell them. I said, they ain't like me, Lord, but I told them. And Jesus will say, well, they ain't like me either. <laughs> Amen? Listen, and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust, do your part to let them do this with gladness. Talking about you. Do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning. <laughs> I got to go to church. I can't believe Pastor called me to do this again. Y'all, You see? For, for that, listen, for that would not be profitable to you. Is this, does that, does that make sense right there? Okay. So, okay, this is the last point. Because this is a big one right here. Reclusiveness will cause you to be disconnected and weird. <laughs> you will be weird. And therefore, y'all need to put this on Facebook. And therefore, it will be people, listen to me carefully, it will be people who are attracted to you because of the gift, but they will leave or avoid you because of you. 
If I had a mic, I'd do Right? You don't have to be weird. Just be who you are. Stop trying to get attention. Let God give you your attention. Amen? Listen, if I ain't preaching good, ask God to give you the gift to replace me. Simple. God just, just, God just hooked me up right now so I can replace that bald-headed joker. Because I know I can preach better than him. And I'm okay. I'll sit and listen to you for a minute. You good? All right. Now listen, but again, I ain't trying to hype myself up. I just want to stay broken so that I can stay teachable. Amen? Is this making sense at all? Okay, that's all I got for today. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.